0: Hey, this is Pastor Matt Zola from Fern Creek Christian Church. So glad you're able to tune in with us today. Hey, while you're on your phone, why don't you follow us on social media, at Fern Creek CC on Facebook and Instagram, and download the Fern Creek Christian Church app today, because we want to stay connected with you throughout your week. We hope this message encourages you to become a better follower of Jesus. So without further ado, here's the message.
1: Uh, before we get to the message, I heard about a lawyer who was representing a client who was uh, charged with a pretty horrific crime, and before the verdict came in, word got leaked to the lawyer, so he sat his client down and he said, listen, I got some good news and some bad news, and the guy said, well, get, give me the bad news first. So the bad news is forensics has come back, and the, the blood on the knife is yours. You're going down for a really long time. so well, what's the good news? Well, the good news is your cholesterol is only 110. I'm in town all week. <laughs> that was so horrible. Hey, but it's a perfect lead-in, really is a perfect lead-in to kind of where we're going with the message this morning. Some good news and some hard news with this whole passage that we were in from last week in John chapter 21. And first part of that message we talked about some good news right Peter has betrayed Jesus he's failed his master and in spite of his failure Jesus meets Peter in that and he wants Peter to know that man I still love you and there is still a seat at my table for you and when Peter uh you know, jesus reduplicates that miracle to remind peter of his calling and his love and so they're pulling up all these fish and John's like that's got to be jesus and so when peter hears that man he dives in the water and he swims to shore and you remember how when he walks up on the shore how jesus greets him this is not angry jesus right this isn't jesus with his arms folded going you know what kind of disciple have you turned out to be you failed me you abandoned me not only did you deny me right um told you to wait on the mountain you're down here fishing you know what's up with you you know you remember how Jesus greets him and he greets him with breakfast Peter come have some breakfast and Jesus greets him with warmth and food and fellowship and that that's some good news but but there was also something on the beach that day that greeted Peter besides breakfast and it it wasn't so much some good news there was a a little two-word phrase I wanted you to land on Let, let me read it again but there was something else that made Peter a little uncomfortable. Look at John twenty-one. Look at verse eight. So you know, the, the others, you know, when the other disciples got to the got to the shore. They pulled the loaded net to shore, for they wanted. They were about a hundred yards from shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them: fish cooking over a what's the next two words? Charcoal fire. Um, I I told you last week that there are rubies and emeralds and diamonds buried in the Scripture, and you got to dig for them. And there was a ruby. That i wanted you to explore this this little two word phrase charcoal fire did you find anything did any of you dig and fi- find anything? did you find anything well well let me let me tell you what i found when, when, when john talks about charcoal fire he uses a very interesting greek word here's the greek word john uses anthracia anthracia that's the word he uses to talk about this fire and what, where the ruby is, is there's only one other time in the whole book where he uses that word. He, only use, he uses that word in John 21 when, G, when Peter comes up onto the beach. The only other time he uses that word is the night Peter betrayed him. The only other time you see this word is when Peter betrayed him. And let me read it for you. Look at John 18. The only other time John uses anthracia. Because it was cold, the household servants and the guards had made a charcoal fire. They stood around it, warming themselves, and Peter stood with them. So do you understand what's going on? Peter swims to the shore. It's early in the morning, and he's freezing, just like the night he betrayed Jesus. He walks up on the beach, and he sees the crackling of the fire, just like the night he betrayed Jesus. he he smells charcoal just like the night he betrayed Jesus he's asked three questions just like the night he betrayed Jesus not only does Jesus duplicate a miracle to get Peter's mind in the right direction that Peter I still call you and I still love you but he duplicates the scene of Peter's greatest failure And, and the question again is why why is Jesus reduplicating that fire well Shame is a spiritual infection. And shame is coursing through the veins in Peter's life. It's choking his understanding of who Jesus is. It's alienating and pushing him farther away from Jesus. And like any infection, man, shame has got to be removed. So after the breakfast, the great physician unpacks his scalpel to do some spiritual surgery on Peter and look at how he does it. Look at John 21 15, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon son of John, do you love me more than these? Now you gotta, my encouragement to you when you read your Bible is if you wanna read a chapter, two chapters, three chapters a day, that's fine. But if you, I would encourage you to slow down don't try to ingest slow down and dig watch what happens with one verse look at so much so much in one verse let's just start here there's two names and jesus said to peter simon son of john we'll stop right there peter was a nickname jesus gave simon son of john before peter became a disciple he was always known as simon Simon, son of John. That's how he was known before he met Jesus. Do you know what the word Simon means? Hearing. Guess what Peter wasn't good at? <laughs> Hearing. He, he wasn't a very good listener. And when Jesus met, Peter always was talking, always saying the first thing that came out of his mouth, right? Uh, or came, came to his mind. And, and G, when Jesus met him and called him, he said, You know Simon you're not a very good listener but you're a big boy I mean you're scrappy you're sturdy you're strong I'm gonna call you I'm gonna change your name I'm not no longer call you Simon I'm calling you Peter which is like Rocky the rock right you're strong you're big you're firm like like you're a mountain I'm gonna call you Pete so for three years Jesus always says Peter 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 on this occasion Simon son of John Jesus calls him by his pre-disciple name. It's it's like when my mama would say, Richard Craig. (laughs) Your mama ever called you by your full name? You knew like, "Uh oh, something's up, right? Why is Jesus calling Peter by his pre-disciple name? Because Peter's acting like his old stupid self. He's acting like his former self, his pre-Jesus days. Have you ever, in your walk with Jesus, reverted back to old ways, old thinking, old habits? Yeah, we, we've all probably all done that. And what Jesus is gonna do here is, is that had to hurt Peter. Like, like, why are you using that name? Well, because you're acting like your old self. And Jesus wants Peter to know that I love you, but we, we've gotta address some things. Jesus was never soft on sin. Everybody thinks Jesus is always soft, but no, he's not soft. He, he speaks the truth in love. And so Jesus is not gonna candy coat or excuse sinful behavior. Jesus has got to unpack it, right? And watch how he does it. Look at, look at the verse again. Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Now, before we talk about love, what is this more than these thing? We don't know. We, we have no idea who the more than these are I, because I guess Jesus pointed. Now, what are the possibilities? What well, Jesus could have said, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he could have pointed to the boat, to the fish that they had caught, to the nets, meaning, Simon, do you love me more than your old life? Do you love me more than your business? Do you love me more than your, what, your occupation? Do you love me more than what you're thinking about going back to? Do you love me more than these? Maybe it was the boat and the fish and the nets. Maybe, maybe. Maybe the more than these was a direct confrontation of peter's pride and what i mean by that is maybe the more than these were the the other guys that were with him maybe jesus said simon do you really love me more than these and he points over to the six other guys standing on the shore now that would have really hurt because you remember the last supper right you remember the night Peter betrayed him when Jesus is sharing that meal. He says, Somebody around this table is going to betray me. As a matter of fact, all of you are going to abandon me. And then one by one, they're, Oh, not me, not me. Oh, it can't be me. And when it came time for Peter's turn, you remember what he said Lord, not only is it not me, like all these other meatheads, like if they leave, like I'm willing to go to prison with you, I'm willing to die for you. In effect, I love you more than these. So so is Jesus drawing him back to that prideful heart? Because you know the Bible says the heart is deceitful, right? We all think more highly of ourselves, right? 93% of drivers say they drive better than the average driver. Do you drive better than the average driver? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's statistically impossible. How can 93% think that they're better than the average? 80% of Americans think they're better looking than average. Do you know what that means? 80% of us think we're better looking than Matt Zola because, you know, he's. I'm kidding. He's not average. I know he's the staff hunkster. I, I hear you ladies talk about Matt Zola. He sings like an angel and he's so soft on the eyes. I know, I know that wasn't in my notes. Let's move on, let's move on. Well, heart is deceitful. That's where I was at, right? So, so, so Peter has elevated himself. I love you more than these guys. And Jesus says, do you really love me more than, more than these? Look, look at the verse again, dig, dig a little deeper. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know, I love you. Now, when you're reading this in the English, you assume because of the language that they're, they're talking about the same thing. Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. That's the way the English reads. The Greek doesn't read that way. And, if, and that's why, you know, preachers, when they preach, have got to do their due diligence in the original text. Let me, sh- let me unpack. They're saying two different things. Let me show you what I'm, let me give you the Greek word. Look at it again. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you agapao me? We'll come back to that. Do you ag- that's the word Jesus uses when he, when he says, do you agapao me? Lord, you, yes, you know I phileo you they're saying two different things let me give you the definition agapao is maybe you've grown up in church and you know agape agapao is a form of agape if you know any if you've been in church a long time agape was the highest form of love it was the deepest most committed it was selfless it was it was it was total commitment so jesus is saying Peter, do you love me with everything that you have? Is it deep, is it true, is it pure? And Peter says, I phileo you. And phileo was a step down from Agapao. Phileo was a brotherly love. The city of Philadelphia, phileo meant to have warm affection, to be fond of. You don't understand. Let me give it to you this way. You're in life group with your spouse. And as you're sitting around with five other couples, your wife turns to you and says, honey, do you love me? And everybody turns and waits for you to respond. And you say, well, baby, you know, I'm warmly affectionate for you. You know, honey, I'm really fond of who you are. How's that gonna go over for you? You're gonna be walking home, right? So do you understand now what's going on? Jesus, says, do you love me unconditionally, 100%, is it pure? And Peter says, I'm, I'm fond of you. Now, now, as bad as it sounds, it, it's the only thing he can say. I, I, what I love about Peter is he doesn't fudge, he doesn't lie, he doesn't blow smoke, oh yeah, you know, I agapao oh, you. No, he can't say that to Jesus. He confesses, Lord, my love for you is not where it's supposed to be. It's not where it needs to be. I I chose fear over you. I abandoned you. I I disobeyed you. You told me to go wait on the mountain, and now I'm down here fishing. My love has waned. My love has cooled. It's taken a step down from what you just said. There are no excuses. There's no explanation. There's no argument. Clearly, honestly, I don't love you the way you need to be loved. And, and how does Jesus meet him with that? Jesus simply says to him, feed my lambs. And then he takes the scalpel and he goes a little deeper. And look at what he says. Verse 16, Jesus repeated the question. Simon, son of John, do you agapao me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I phileo you. Now you read it and you go, he repeated the same thing. He didn't change it. Oh, he, he did change it. He changed it. What did he leave off? The more than these. He left that part out. That's how he started. Do you, Agapa, owe me more than these? Well, he leaves, the, he's, he basically is saying, okay, let's take away your comparison of love between them and you. Simon, do you, forget about them, do you, Agapa, owe me? Do you love me deeply? Passionately, unconditionally. Are you in? Is, it, is your love pure and noble and solid? And Simon responds back, Lord, my love for you is not where it needs to be. I've not loved you the way I used to love you. There is love, but it's failed. I phileo you. I've great fondness for you. How does Jesus meet him in that? Jesus says, feed my sheep. And then he just goes all, all in. He's got to get the, to the heart of the shame and the guilt and the sin. And so he just, he goes to the deepest spot ever. Look at verse 17. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you phileo me? And Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time and he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I phileo you. This time Jesus says, all right, enough of the games. I'll come down to to your level. I'll use the word you've been, do you even have warm fondness for me? Forget about the kind of love that I've been asked. Do do you even have affection for me? And that crushed him, just crushed him. And, And he says, Lord, you know everything you see through me, you see in me, And you know, you know that even though my love isn't where it ought to be, you know that I do love you. Even though it's failed, it's slipped, it's faded, I do love you and I know I've got to love you deeper. And how does Jesus respond? He says, take care of my sheep. Now, now what are we to take from this? Here's what I hope you take. When Peter comes clean, when he confesses the truth, when he admits his love has dimmed again, how does Jesus meet him? With grace. That's what a what kind of savior you have. He meets him even there with love and with grace. Well, I mean, if it would have been me, I would have benched him. I would have been like, Peter, you're out, bring in the lefty. John, come in, you lead the guys from now on, right? But, but man, he doesn't bench him. He doesn't say what kind of disciple have you turned out to be in his confession and in his repentance, man, Jesus restores him right in front of the other guys every single time, feed my lambs, take care of my sheep, feed my sheep. Three times at a fire, uh, Peter caved, he failed, he denied. Three times at this fire, man, he confesses, he repents and he's restored. And Jesus says to him, three years ago, I called you to fish. Today, I'm calling you to shepherd. I'm promoting you today. I need you back in the game. What a Lord, what a savior. There is no one like Jesus. And when Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? It's not like Jesus didn't know the answer. It's like, you know, oh, I really need to d-. No, Jesus knows everything. This wasn't for him. This was for Peter. Peter had to come face to face with what he had done. He had to look in the mirror and own that his love had dimmed. What a question, do you love me? I mean, think about all the questions Jesus asked. It'd be a great sermon series, the questions of Jesus. Because he asked some amazing questions. Who do you say I am? Why do you worry? What does the scripture say? Do you believe this? Of all the questions, though, I think this one is the deepest most pivotal, most crucial question. Not only did Jesus ask Peter, but he could ask of you. Do you love me? On the surface, when someone says, do you love Jesus? On the surface, it's so easy to say it right back. Well, of course, of course I love him. Yeah, I love Jesus. But what we're trying to probe is, is it love or is it fond affection? Is it conditional or is it unconditional? Do I love Jesus the way I love the Bengals? Or do I love him with all that I have? When Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? What's what's the number one thing a person should do in their life? Do you remember what he said? Look at Matthew 22. Well, the greatest commandment, Jesus replied, is you must love the Lord your God With all your heart, soul, and all your mind. It's the first and the greatest commandment. What word does Jesus use? Agapao. Jesus says, you want to know what the number one goal of your life ought to be? Is to get to a point where you love me with everything that you have. See, God is looking for that kind of love. God doesn't want you to be fond of him. He wants you to love him. And the goal of my life, the goal of your life, is to learn how to agapao him how to love him unconditionally, a love that is deep, passionate, committed, a love that surrenders. It's a love that says to him, I love you more than my career. I love you more than my stuff. I love you more than the number of likes I get on Facebook. I love you more than my dreams. I love you more than my plans. I love you more than my comfort. I love you more than anything in my life. And if I'm not there, or if at any point in my life that love dims, Or maybe you're sitting in that pew right now going somewhere along the way, I had that, but it's lost, I don't have that right now. What I want you to hear is that he does not bench us, he does not discard us, he does not abandon us, he does not abuse us, he sits down even there and says, come to breakfast come have some breakfast he reminds us of his great love and then he'll turn and he'll say okay look into that fire where is your love and 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 if we're humble enough and we're honest enough and we can look back at him and say you know it's waned and i regret it and I know it's a step down from what you deserve and from what you want. And I own that. And I'm sorry for that. And I want to get back to that kind of love. And I, man, he will meet us there. And he will restore us there. So, so, so the number one goal of your life and mine is to learn to love God with that kind of agapao love. And if we've fallen and we've failed, confess that, let him restore us, and keep pushing towards that kind of love. Now, that's fantastic that Jesus meets a guy who's failed in his love and restores him and says, "Get, get, get back to it, recapture that love. But there's something that I think is even more beautiful than that. Look at how this finishes. Look at verse 18. So after Jesus restores him, feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep, The very next thing he says verse 18 i tell you the truth when you were young you were able to do as you liked you dressed yourself you went wherever you wanted to go and here comes a prophecy but when you're old you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you they're going to take you where you don't want to go and jesus said this to let him know about what kind of death he would tell me the next two words glorify god then Jesus told him, follow me. Man, watch this. Jesus tells Peter right here how his life is gonna end. It's so apparent that John looks back and he goes, that's exactly what he was doing. He says, so, you know, up till this point and, and for a little while longer, you, you can go where you wanna go and do what you wanna do, but the time's coming when that's gonna stop. Basically, there's a day coming when you're not going to be able to go where you want to go and do what you want to do. And what's that called? It's called prison. You can't just go where you want to go and do what you want to do. And, and, and Peter, you're going to go to prison one day on behalf of me. They're going to stretch out your hands. What's that an allusion to? Crucifixion. They're going to stretch out. You're, you're going to be crucified because of your love for me. And that's exactly what happened. Tradition says Peter was arrested under the reign of Emperor Nero. And Nero put him on trial and found him guilty, and his execution would be crucifixion. And as they got to the crucifixion site, Peter said, I'm not worthy to be crucified like my Lord. Crucify me upside down. And that's exactly what they did. And and, and I look at this, and at the outside, I think, that's a little gruesome, isn't it? To tell Peter he's going to die this way. Hey, welcome back. By the way, you're going to be crucified in a few years. (laughs) Glad to see you. right. Kind of sounds a little harsh. And you think, did he really need to tell Peter that? Yes. Yes, he needed to tell Peter that. Peter desperately needed to hear that, and here's why. A few weeks earlier, around a little campfire, Peter was threatened by a teenage little girl who saw him and said, you're one of them. And he folded like a wet paper towel, right? And he cursed and he said, I don't know who you're talking about. And three times he denied Jesus, left him in his most needful hour. But Jesus turns around and he says, Peter, even though your love has waned, even though it's not where it needs to be, let me tell you something. There's going to come a point in your life when you're going to glorify me in your death. You will not flinch the next time. You will not run away. You will not cave. You will not deny me. You will glorify me. And and Peter had to have heard that and gone, yes, yes. He believes in me, and yes, I can change, and yes, that love can get back there. If loving God is number one goal in your life, glorifying him ought to be the second goal. And what Jesus was telling him is you're gonna glorify me from this point on. You're gonna glorify me even in your death. What does it mean to glorify God? It means to honor him, to praise him, to point people to him, right? And you know that as a Christian, your goal is to glorify God in whatever you do. And glorifying God when your life is going well is easy. Anyone can do it. They all do it. i like to thank God for the Grammy. Yeah, glorify, point people. To, I'm going to score a touchdown. Yeah, I'm going to point to the sky. Glorify, give God glory when everything's going well. But boy, it's another thing to glorify him when your life turns upside down. You get fired, glorify God. You get cancer, glorify God. You get liver disease, you got to glorify the Lord. Life doesn't go as you planned. You've got to learn how to glorify the Lord. And we're called to even glorify him in our death. Now, I've told you this before, but let me just remind you again, the stats on death are staggering. One out of every one people die. You're not going to get out of it. There's going to come a day. You've got an appointment that you will keep. The Bible says there's a time to be born. There is a time to die. Now, listen, here's the good news. While you have no control over the where or the when, you have absolute control over the how. And, and, and No, I yes, you do. You've got 100% control over how you will die. And here's what I mean by that. Are you going to die glorifying the Lord? You have 100% control over that. How will you die? Will you go kicking and screaming? Will you go with family gathered around you and you look into their face and they're afraid and they're paralyzed and they got dread? Will you be angry and bitter going, I didn't have enough time. Should I have had more time? God, why are you doing this? Or will you even in that moment glorify God, praise his name, Thank him for his great faithfulness. Tell the stories of his great love. Look into the face of your family and tell them, your highest goal is to love him. Your highest goal is to glorify him. Follow me as I follow him. Will you glorify God even in that moment? Because friends, we believe, don't we? That this this life is not the end. Everything that goes on in this life is just the introductory chapter to the book that's yet to be written. Jesus said to the thief on the cross, "Today you'll be with me in paradise." Paul said to be absent from the body is to be where? At home with the Lord. We at death trade these sickly, wrinkly, achy, bald bodies into strong, whole, pain-free, Fabio-haired bodies. That's what mine's going to (laughs) have. We trade this deathly, sin-sick place to a place of no cemeteries, no funeral homes, no hospital, no nursing home, no cancer, no Alzheimer's, no more boost nutrient shakes. You ever had one of those? No more of those. No canes, no walkers, no wheelchairs. We trade this broken emotional place For a place of no sorrow no broken heart no divorce no hunger no depression no abuse no broken promises no anger no guilt no sadness everything broken now made whole oh the terrain the terrain will walk heaven is not an ethereal place where we no john talks about mountains and rivers and trees and fruit and streets and cities and gates that never close, which means you can go in and you can go out. The places you will see, the landscape you will hike, the colors you will witness, it's gonna blow you away. All oh, the reunions. Oh, the People you will see again, the saints that will gather to welcome you home. Whenever I do a funeral, as I drive in to do it, the number one question that always goes into my mind is who got to him first? Who will get to you first? Will it be your mom, your dad, your spouse? Maybe it was a child you didn't get to raise. Maybe it was a son or a daughter you lost to addiction. Maybe be a grandpa who led you to the Lord. One of the most incredible things about heaven is for all eternity, we will never have to wipe another tear from our eye saying the word goodbye. You will sing with the angels. You will walk with David. You will hold the hand of Jesus. You will look into the very eyes of God And in that moment, when you see his face, you will be more alive than you ever were on this wretched place. Death is not the end, it's simply the beginning. It's not a wall, it's a turnstile into the rest of your days. So Jesus tells Peter, love me deeply. And if you're not there, I can take you, I can meet you there. But I'm going to draw you into that deeper love and glorify me even in your death. Love God deeply. Glorify him in life. Glorify him in death. That is the goal. Let's pray.
0: Well, thanks again for tuning in. I hope that message encouraged you to love, live, and lead like Jesus. To become a disciple that makes more disciples. That is why Fern Creek Christian Church exists. Hey, while you're already on your mobile device, why don't you go to Apple Store or Google Play and download the Fern Creek Christian Church app today. On the app, you'll be able to see other podcasts we have, just like this one. You'll be able to stay up to date on Fern Creek Christian Church news and announcements, and you'll see events and the church calendar throughout the year. Man, you need to download this app today i'm serious go do it hey i want to take a second to invite you to worship with us on sunday mornings either online or in person we have three services one at 845 that we call our homecoming service that features more hymns and southern gospel music but then we also have two contemporary services at 10 and 11:15. if you would like to give to the ministry happening here at fern creek i want you to go online to our website www.ferncreekcc.org and click on the big giving tab you'll see on our main page. If you would like to talk more about the message you just heard or you would like to pray with somebody, call us at 502-239-9300. Again, that's 502-239-9300. Or email us at office at ferncreekcc.org. Well, if you're not already a member at Fern Creek Christian Church, we want this place to become your home. So with that, hope you have a blessed rest of your week. Grace, peace. See you next time, church.